0: Hello and welcome to Peter Mackay's Rally Ramblings on the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast for the 21st of September 2021 and we are sitting here debriefing the uh, Acropolis Rally which returned to the World Rally Championship after an eight-year hiatus and preparing for the Neste Rally Finland or the Rally of a Thousand Lakes as it used to be known coming up very very soon and We really are in the middle of what is a golden age, I think, of the World Rally Championship. Of course, the championship has been around for for generations and we've had some incredible drivers, you know, Colin McRae, Tommy Makinin, Carlos Sainz, Michel Mouton, Rolter Roll, and so many more big names. The cars, Subaru Impreza, Audi Quattro, Porsche 911. Mitsubishi Lancer Evo, even Ford Focus WRC, Citroen C4, so many fantastic cars. But at the moment, you have to feel that the cars that we have in the World Rally Championship, these 400 horsepower monsters with massive amounts of aerodynamic performance as well, they really are space-age machines. And the drivers, well, the list of drivers, although... The number of drivers in the World Rally Championship is relatively low compared to other uh, comparative world championships. In other forms of motorsport, we have an, inc- an incredible average level of quality. You know, when you have uh, Sebastian Ogier, Oit Tanak, Thierry Neuville, Elvin Evans, Callie Perra making up the the factory drivers. And at the moment, some of the places that the World Rally Championship is going to, of course, returning to the Acropolis, uh, Rally Monza, uh, Arctic Rally Lapland, Monte Carlo, and and of course, so many more. It really does make for the most diverse and arguably exciting World Championship in all of motorsport. But uh, just last weekend, the Acropolis Rally really... uh, showed how it's been missing from the World Rally Calendar. So after 8 years away, the crews returned to Greece to take on some absolutely spectacular stages. And the the rally what was great to see as well is that the rally has really got the force of the, uh, the Greek government uh, behind the rally. And in any rally, it's so important to have a lot of local support from local authority um, to promote the event and provide the finance that is necessary to put on these events. And the crowds that flocked to uh, Athens to see the special stages uh, that took place uh, over the weekend was just absolutely superb to, to see and just shows just how important it is ...for the World Rally Championship to bring the sport to fans... ...because, as we say, as, you know, as um, die-hard fans... ...we know the how spectacular the sport is... ...because we tune into it, we, we sign up to WRC All Live... ...which covers every stage live of every rally... ...or we watch, make sure that we watch the... Uh, ...comprehensive highlights programmes that are put together... ...however... You have to be an enthusiast to be able to have the conscious thought to go out and look for that. Where, And we, of course, know how spectacular rallying is, but what is so important is to be able to bring that spectacle and to show that spectacle off to a new audience that have never seen it before. And that was certainly the case uh, at the Rally Acropolis. Probably the best example uh, of bringing rally to fans since we last went to uh, rally mexico in 2020 and that was just super to see the just that you i i think a lot of people who might have never seen a rally car before Will certainly be tuning in much more often than they otherwise might have been. So I think it's important that we keep up uh, that level of commitment to ensuring that, at least, at least in every rally that it's possible, uh, you know, to get a stage where you can have a large amount of people at the side of the road watching uh, the rally cars going by. Because again if you want to go out and watch stage side that is a lot more a uh, lot more of a committed exercise you have to drive a long distance stand out in often very remote areas for hours and hours and hours until the cars uh, turn up and then you know 10 cars go by and then it's time to to go home again so Having the special stage within a town or certainly in an area where you can get a lot of people there, um, that makes a, that makes a big, big difference, I always find. But let's talk about the rally because really it's the the story of the Acropolis Rally was the story of young Cali Rovanpera, the 20-year-old scoring his second World Rally Championship win and, of course, got his first win just a few rounds ago and you just feel like now that the floodgates have been opened, this is just gonna start up an absolute steamroller of uh, success for Cali Rovenpera. We know we've known for a long time how special Cali is. I remember writing a a piece for for Autosport back in early twenty twenty about Cali Rovenpera and how he's you know, a lot of people talk about natural talent and Cali's father Harry was a very good World Rally Championship driver, competed against all of the greats, Richard Burns, Colin McRae, Tommy MacKinnon, and, and so many more. Um, but he, people say, oh, it must have genes that make him go fast. That's not the case at all. There's no such thing as a gene that makes you a fast rally driver. But what, what does make you a fast rally driver or indeed make you a top competitor, if you grow up in an environment which is geared towards world-class performance and has the inside knowledge of what it takes to succeed at the highest level, then you have an enormous head start over anybody else. And that's exactly what Cali Rovimpera has done, been driving rally cars since he was in nappies, basically and found a loophole in regulation where he could go and rally down in Latvia. He's, he's obviously he's from Finland but to go down to Latvia and, and rally at a very young age um, and that's what he did. So just before he got to the World Championship level he'd had so much more mileage than most other drivers do and that's what's certainly made him so so special. But uh, Kali in, um now in the Toyota uh, World Rally team he's been knocking on the door of this success for a while and my goodness be, was he on another level uh, at the Acropolis rally. On Friday it was very, very tight. Day one very, very tight between Cali, Sebastian Ogier and Oit Tanak, just a couple of seconds separating those three drivers throughout Friday. But whatever Cali Rovenpera had for breakfast on Saturday morning, I think they need to box that up and uh, uh and, <laughs> and sell it because on Saturday morning, just the morning stages, Cali Ravenpera went out and pulled 36 seconds out of second place driver Oytanak. Although just a few seconds were brought back in the afternoon... That was the end. That was really the decisive blow in the rally. Was that Saturday morning fast run? Same again on Sunday. Again, Cali Rovanperä came out the blocks hot and had a big advantage before the, the the final stage, and eventually won by a little over forty seconds. Which, in the context of World Rally Championship these days, is actually a very significant margin. We're used to seeing rallies decided by much less than that. Nowadays, so really, Callie was was in a complete world of his own. Now, what what about his opposition? What what was the story of their uh, rally? Well, it kind of split it into two halves, really, because of course, second place Oit Tanak, third place Sebastian Ogier had very different, uh, very different journeys through the Acropolis Rally. For Sebastian Ogier, he's really keeping to a game plan at the moment. He has a very significant championship lead. And his two main rivals, Elvin Evans and Thierry Neuville, both hit significant technical issues on the first day, which allowed Ogier to relax even more um, and and not cruise, but certainly drive in a very controlled way. Uh, and of course, Sebastian Ogier at 95% is a lot better than most drivers, 100%. So he managed to get home for a, a pretty comfortable Uh, third position but Oit Tanak was slightly different. Oit Tanak just didn't quite appear to be 100% comfortable with his Hyundai i20 uh, NWRC and since he came to Hyundai at the beginning of last year everything's just not seemed to quite gel in the way that how how Oyt Tanak did when he was at Toyota when he won the championship in 2019. But Oit just dealing with a just not quite getting the setup of the car as he likes it. That seems to be a common theme. But also just a couple of little electrical issues, couple of little reliability issues, just causing problems for him, just taking his eye off the ball ever so slightly. So you do wonder that maybe would would Oitana have been able to fight for the win? I guess we won't know. But all these continual reoccurring issues in the Hyundai camp are now really starting to build and starting to create a much bigger issue uh than than they all are in isolation. So we'll talk about that in as as we as we go on in the show. But um for for Thierry Neuville and for Elvin Evans, well their rallies really didn't get going uh at all. For Thierry Neuville uh probably the worst thing that could possibly happen short of the car expiring completely, uh the power steering on his Hyundai I20N um let go on uh, on day one and the Acropolis Rally is a brutal event, very, very rough, very rugged and not only that, it's not necessarily a, a big high speed flowing event, it's a very, it's a lot of changes of direction, it's almost like a Corsica on gravel if you like, it's all the time working the wheel back forth, back forth, so if you've not got Power steering, uh, it's incredible. Now, if you're listening and thinking, I, 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 mean, we never used to have power steering on road cars, and it was fine; it was no problem. Well, the problem is, is if ever a, a car is designed to have power steering, and it fails, then it is just it's almost undrivable. And bearing in mind that Thierry Neuville is a a, a world class athlete who will be in the gym all the time working on his strength and conditioning, uh for someone like that to almost very almost keep the car on the road and no more Uh, and you could just see in the exhalation of breath at the end of a stage there's the sheer exhaustion of trying to wrestle this car they eventually found a bit of a kind of bodge fix where they kept filling up the uh, they found a leak in the pipe for the power steering and managed to keep filling it with fluid to try and keep the system going until they could get it repaired but that was really the end of Thierry Neuville's charge for, for points. He did eventually recover to 8th, so after giving away a lot of time, he did recover to 8th and gather up a couple of points and actually jumping past the WRC 2 winner, Andreas Mikkelsen, on the the last stage, in, in fact. For Elvin Evans, he had a similarly awkward issue uh, after being quick on the first couple of stages elvin evans actually got stuck in gear uh at one point in uh in on day one so he was stuck in stuck in in fact on one stage he was stuck in sixth gear uh so and could actually when he came to the stop at the end of the stage with the car in sixth gear obviously with the clutch down you try and pull away well don't try it <laughs> don't try and pull away in sixth gear in your road car because you'll well yeah you, you'll, you'll either wreck the clutch or uh stall um but the sheer amount of torque that the engines pr- producing in a world rally car was uh, Elvin was able to just about pull away in sixth gear of course I'm sure that clutch would have been uh, ready for the bin by the time he got back to the service part but again that was Elvin uh, kind of out of the running for the rally win but again Elvin has got such a cool head in these situations when stuff like that happens he doesn't He doesn't shout and swear, he doesn't bash the steering wheel, he doesn't, nothing like that. He's so calm in these situations and just shrugs it off and says, right, we'll just have to get on with it as best we can. And I can't imagine how difficult it is to keep that brave face on and to maintain that mental strength. But, you know, we saw Elvin Evans come so close to the championship last season, missing out at the last rally. It Looks like it's going to be a bit of a stretch this year with Sebastian Ogier being so strong. But that calmness that Elvin Evans has under pressure, that will stand him in very good stead. And of course, we don't expect Sebastian Ogier to run a full season next year. He's almost confirmed that now that it's uh, um, likely that he will only do a limited programme of rallies next year. So uh, it's game on as far as that's concerned for, for the Championship. However, We'll have to get through Cali Rovenpera first and indeed the uh, the Hyundai team. So after the Acropolis rally, Sebastian Ogier sitting with a 44 point advantage with just 90 points left on the table. So three rallies, 25 points for the win at Nietzsche and five points for the fastest time in the end of rally power stage. So nearly there for Sebastian Ogier for an eighth World Rally Championship in three different manufacturers of car and in fact multiple championships in different manufacturers of course two with M Sport Ford that would be two with Toyota and then all of the rest with Volkswagen quite a, quite a boast um yes about Sebastian Loeb scored nine world titles but all of which with Citroen so, Who's who's your pick out of the two of them? I'll let you <laughs> let you make your own mind up on that one. I certainly wouldn't want to make that decision of uh, who who to pick out out of uh, out of Sebastian Ogier and Sebastian Loeb. Um, but coming back to Hyundai, obviously, to- Toyota with their drivers Sebastian Ogier, uh, Callie Rovinpera and Elvin Evans, they are they're in a good place right now. The car is reliable. They've got a good atmosphere and the team all is very harmonious at this point. Hyundai, not so. Uh, Hyundai, they've got their star driver, well, two star drivers, really. They've got Thierry Neuville, who's been with the team for a very long time now. Uh, one of the longest-serving drivers in the modern WRC era. In fact, definitely the longest-serving driver in the current WRC era. However, uh Tanak, who was, I think, to the surprise of a lot of people, was um, brought brought over from Toyota, Hyundai managed to attract Oitana and bring him away from his championship winning Toyota Yaris, don't forget. It takes a lot to walk away from a car you've just won the championship in, but Hyundai managed to do that. However, uh, it, it hasn't really been the success story that I think a lot of people thought it would be with Oytanak and Hyundai and there doesn't appear to be a particularly positive atmosphere, just judging by what the drivers say in public. Thierry Neuville is getting more and more uh, outspoken as time goes by. Um, team boss Andrea Adamo, uh, the uh, uh, emotional Italian, I think would be the best way to describe Andrea. In many ways, he's done a lot of good in 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 Hyundai, and they've obviously won a lot of rallies. Their car is very fast. They, you know, they they've won. Uh, manufacturer's title etc but they the all doesn't seem to be happy at Hyundai at the moment the, the team seems to be fighting with just little uh, electrical gremlins which Thierry Neuville has been very vocal about and in fact Thierry Neuville and uh, team boss Andrea Adamo have actually di- publicly disagreed quote to quote uh, in the press which is highly embarrassing to be honest for Hyundai and I think there's a uh, the uh, if I wouldn't want to be the Hyundai press officer at the moment put it that way um, but yeah a lot of a lot of technical issues seeming to thwart the Hyundai camp uh, and looking ahead to next year of course we've got a brand new set of rules coming next year called Rally One so WRC World Rally Cars are are no more come the end of this year. So the new top category of world, in the World Rally Championship will be called Rally 1. Don't ask why, I have no idea why. <laughs> but Rally 1 will be a, a whole new formula, similar engine, uh, 1.6 turbocharged engine. So the engine doesn't change a whole lot, but the big change is the addition of a hybrid system. So this is something that uh, is being put in place to appease... The manufacturers of course, Hyundai and Toyota, particularly Toyota, huge part of their uh, a part of their road car program is hybrid, particularly Toyota, as we say. Um and uh, for for M Sport Ford as well, uh Ford are obviously pushing the hybrid and indeed a fully electric uh road car program at the moment as well the idea is is that this hybrid rule set will attract new manufacturers to come into the fold as well because really we've got two, we've kind of got two and a half manufacturers in the World Rally Championship at the moment we have Toyota Hyundai and then M Sport Ford now M Sport Ford is not a full works effort like the Toyota Hyundai is it's a it's a private team uh, an independent business that that have a bit of support from Ford Motor Company but it's very much M Sports risk and M Sports show that's that's for certain. Um so the idea is is that this this new hybrid rule set will uh, attract um uh, new manufacturer interest. Now coming back to Hyundai, the words coming out of the Hyundai camp for the new car uh is not not necessarily positive Thierry Neuville is not very happy at all with the new rule set. He doesn't like the way the aerodynamics are going to be. He doesn't like the way with the hybrid. He's just he's just not happy whatsoever with the with the new car. Now, is that just the different just the rule set, or is that Hyundai's car specifically that we won't know until Monte Carlo uh, in January? uh also oytanak's co-driver martin yarviova has been very vocal saying that he believes that the proposed position for the co-driver is is unsafe um it's too tight it's too high up in the car it's too far forward now fia have come back saying that you know the rules are still under review and the co-driver position could be adjusted however testing has already is already well underway for all of the both for, for Toyota, for Ford, for Hyundai. It's all it's all going. So to move the position of the co-driver now significantly would be a big change. If you can imagine, you know, a World Rally Championship co-driver will still be, you know, there'll be a light human being, but it's still 65, 70 kilos or so. Moving that back, any, moving that type of weight anywhere in the car is going to change the balance. So we'll see what, what happens uh, there. But when you compare that to... so. The narrative that's coming out of the Hyundai Camp, not only for the current season, but also for their new car, not so good. For M Sport, it's completely the opposite. All we're getting is positive news coming out of the Ford M Sport Camp about their new Rally 1 Puma. So they'll be changing from the fiesta which has been a part of the world rally championship campaign for 10 years now in various guises but now it will change to the puma which is kind of like a fiesta but jacked up and it's like one of these sort of crossover things not not my type of road car to be honest but anyway the rally car looks very cool looks very very cool indeed so um you know a lot of aerodynamic uh trickery a lot a lot of the test car looks spectacular it must be said uh and from what i understand from a source within the team uh that ford are actually putting in some some pretty serious money into the development of the car and uh, the amount of mileage that's been done with the car is very positive um of course m sport now have their own um, have you know have their own kind of facility close facilities that they, that they can test the car close to their uh factory um and it's interesting because M Sport, uh, Malcolm Wilson's come out saying that he's delighted with the interest that he's had from customers to run the car. So M Sport are hoping to have five, five Rally One Pumas on the start line at Monte Carlo in January, which is extraordinary because up until this point, in since the new, the the latest regulations came in in 2017 to now. M Sport have had very, very, very little interest at all in private cars. Just a handful of private cars being run, mainly due to cost. The current world rally car costs an absolute fortune. Now I don't know how this new version will be any cheaper, to be honest. But but it appears to be appears to be as an attractive option. However, it works. And private customers, of course, they don't really need to worry about you know promoting road cars. They're there to you know they they rent or indeed buy a car from M Sport pay for their own rallying whether that be through their own personal finance or through sponsors they they, they just want to go rallying you know they're not they're not there for any agenda like uh, like a works team would be Hyundai are there to sell cars as are Toyota so the news that M Sport have the possibility of teams or drivers willing to rent or buy customer cars from M Sport is fantastic, and the point that Malcolm Wilson made, the owner of, of M Sport Ford, he said, you know, this is a huge part of our business model. It's really, really important that we have to either rent or sell quite a significant number of uh, World Rally cars every year. Uh, to to it's a part of their business plan, basically. And with the current regulations, that's been a lot lower than their expectations. So. Very positive news as far as that's uh, uh, concerned, and uh, well, we saw it last time, of course, with uh, when the new the, the the new regulations came out in twenty seventeen. Ford came straight out the gate with a very competitive car with M Sport. Okay, they had Sebastian Ogier driving it, but Oitana won rallies in the car as well, and of course, the car won the first two championships of the new era in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen with Sebastian Ogier at the wheel. And what we have seen in the past is that when there is a new rule cycle, in the first year or two, M Sport, Ford are usually right there. And then, as the years go by, M Sport don't necessarily have the, well, they just don't, they can't match the development budget given by the Toyota works team or the Hyundai works team, and then the development kind of catches up. So... Will that be the case with the Rally 1? If I was to put money on it, I would say yes. I would say watch out for those Fords at the start of the 2022 season. Who will be driving those Fords? That's a question we just we just can't answer. We've heard a lot of names thrown about of uh, who will be driving. I'd love to see Craig Breen getting a full-time opportunity there. I really, really would. Uh, Craig, of course, used to be a full-time driver with Citroen. Then, with the closure of the Citroen programme, lost his drive. Uh, and then went, has been a part-time driver with Hyundai ever since and has impressed uh, on more or less every rally he's competed with Hyundai. But on a limited programme, there's only so much that you can do. You can never fight for a championship. You can fight for wins sometimes, uh, but if you're a part-time driver, often you have to stand aside for the full-time drivers to come through who are fighting for a championship. So I would love to see Craig Breen get a leading role at M Sport Ford. There's been top talk of Sebastian Loeb coming back. Not sure if we'll see that or not, but who knows uh, if if that will happen or, or not. Uh, of course, Adrian Formeau, uh, the very impressive young Frenchman, uh, comes with Red Bull backing, significant Red Bull backing. I would expect him to be in a seat. Gus Greensmith, of course, brings a lot of finance to the operation as well and is improving all the time. It must be said that Gus Greensmith has really turned a corner, actually, uh, pretty much ever since Chris Patterson came on board as his co-driver. So M Sport, we'll, we we shall see. I think whatever happens, they will have the car to fight for uh, to fight for wins come 2022. And Toyota, all is very quiet from Toyota all of, uh, for their new car. But you can expect that with their driver lineup that they have, Elvin Evans, Cali Rovinpera, perra and whoever else comes into the team. Will it be an Oliver Stolberg? Will it be an Esapekka Lapi? Will it be a, a whole cast of different drivers in a third car? Who knows? But we shall. We shall see. That's it for uh, this uh, this week's uh, rally, rumblings. Uh, rally ramblings. Rally uh, ramblings. I hope you've uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to hearing about what is all going on in the world of the World Rally Championship. Not long before we go to uh, Rally Finland, it's an event that all rally fans. do long for uh, every season and I think it will be an absolute thriller uh, this year uh, with Cali Perra looking to get his third World Rally Championship win Tanak I'm sure will be wanting to strike back Thierry Neuville what will he do Elvin Evans oh impossible to call a winner if you've never seen it before Go on to WRC All Live. I think you get a first month free. I'm not sure. If not, even subscribe for the month and just check out Check out the, the end of the season. You get every single stage live with live commentary, stage end reporting, and all, all sorts and more. It's brilliant value. And, and, and check it out because you get to see the World Rally Championship in all its glory. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye.